Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, welcome to the show. We're going to get started here in just a second. But first, if you're looking for the most convenient way to listen to this podcast, The Bob Seska Show, I have a solution for you. The Patreon app for your smartphone is the best way to stay up to date with new shows, and it's the best way to listen, too. Here's why. Every time there's a new episode, you're going to get an automatic alert on your phone, notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and notifications for the Friday after party and the post-mortem shows, too. You can listen at home or in the car with a couple of swipes, and you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each episode. Subscribe for as little as $1 a month at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Thank you for supporting this completely independent podcast, and now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA, covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Well, I like to roll up my sleeves and, you know, get involved. <laughs> Mr. President, did you by any chance take your back pills? Well, I don't mind telling you, CJ, I was in a little pain there. Which did you take, sir, the Vicodin or the Percocet? I wasn't supposed to take them both. Bob Seska! Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show! Yep. I don't know if you know, I'm expecting. That's what's going on here. Nine months from now, I'm going to be giving birth. I'm just joking. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, July 22, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 184 of the Biden-Harris administration, 474 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSesca and on Twitter at BobSesca underscore go. And here come the goth ninjas. It is uh, Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from-the-bunker.com, also at patreon.com slash from the bunker. Go support their show on Patreon. Also on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network at sexyliberal.com. It's your podcasting superstation bookmark it. And uh, five-star rating reviews for all the uh, shows over there. And David T. Rex Ferguson from the uh, recording project Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Okay. Lots to get to today. Uh, hi, Goth Ninjas. Hello. Hello. What's happening? Good morning. There you are. Hi. 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 What's up? You know, we're going to bring in Mary here in just a second. Mary, Mary Trump's here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. This is going to be so much fun. Before we do that, though, before we bring in Mary, uh, Rocky Mountain Mike created a new jingle for you, Jody. And now I I'm thought. Tr- I'm triple jingled now. I know. And you, you just missed one show. 
you missed one show and then suddenly all of a sudden I get an extra jingle. You get an extra. I've had the same jingle since the very beginning. I'm a one jingle man. <laughs> Maybe Rocky Mountain Mike's got to do some more jingles. One for me. And I don't even have a jingle. Well, yeah, that's right. And and we I need feel naked. And neither do, neither does Mary. Mary doesn't have a jingle either. Well, here here's the new Jody jingle. Let's play this. Get this out of the way. Oh yeah, Rocky Mountain Mike's greatest vocal performance right here. Yep. We're gonna talk about farts and hooters when Jody comes on. <laughs> yep. Rev up the show's computers when Jody comes on. Today she's gotta park in the street. True story. <laughs> when Jody yeah. comes on, it's so good. She has to drive through Steph's neighborhood. Also true. She's Very nice neighborhood. She can swear the center with her hair on fire. Throw that in there. Yeah, uh, why, one of these days you have to just park in uh, Moby's parking space. No, he has signs. <laughs> Oh, does he? No parking. He does. No parking. Yeah. This means you, Jody Hamilton. It, yeah, it's almost directly just to me. But he, I mean, technically, I could park in front of his house, but he put signs up. So, oh, <laughs> what a bastard! No, you know what? The whole neighborhood does. Uh, all right. Well, great job. You guys enjoy my... your jingle privilege. I yeah. am enjoying it. I, I'm telling I love you, that David. One. That's great. I got a jingle in uh, 2013 when I first started on the Stephanie Miller show, and it's been the same jingle. I, I, they've swapped out all the locations. I think there's right. like four different versions of it because of all the different cities I've lived in. And so, uh, in that sense, I've got like well, one, two, Whatever. three, probably blah, blah, three blah. different. Mary Trump is here. Mary Let's Trump is Mary. here. Yeah, Mary, bring her in. Mary, why are we talking? The, the jingleless. Yeah, <laughs> Mary Trump. By the yeah. way, do you think it would be okay if I gave Rocky Mountain Mike some suggestions about a song to use for a <laughs> Oh, yes. He'd love that. <laughs> he loves the request. Make sure to tweet it at him. Oh, totally. Oh, God. Oh, Mary. I did write a song for your cat. I know. I know. Mary is coming to us from the Bat Cave today. Yes, she is. <laughs> nice and nice and big and echoey. But you know what? Back in the old days of radio, back in the 1980s, Mary, they used to deliberately put reverb on all the radio guy voices. <laughs> so it kind of you're kind of like an old school DJ today. You want to want to tuck up a song or something like that? Yeah, to, that, that <laughs> was, the weather that and was my objective for sure. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't ask me to put a blanket over my head, which somebody did last year. Oh, no way. Who did? Oh, oh you yeah. got to say, who, who told you to put a blanket over your head? Oh, God, I wish I could. I, I don't remember. It was it was a uh, British. Oh, um, it's a British. Show. <laughs> oh, love, could you put, put uh, a blanket? Put, put a blanket. Put a duvet on hand. You can put it over yourself in the microphone. Yeah. Jolly good. Oh, yeah, my God. So and it was like an hour and a half long interview. Oh, and you did it. Did you get a yeah. headache? I would always. I, I, yeah. No, I just got really warm. Well, tell us what, what's happening in your life. It's been a while since we talked to you. I think uh, last time you were on the show was uh, like maybe a week after the insurrection. So we haven't talked to you for uh, quite a long time. What's new? What's happening in your world? New book. Oh, that's right. Because I was up on the Cape then, and I, I remember yeah. that. Yes. I remember where I was last time we spoke. Um, well, you know, thankfully things have calmed down so much after Biden got elected. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like a vacation. Um, <laughs> you've you know. still been doing stuff legally, though, haven't you? Yeah. And you've been writing your ass off. Oh, you got yeah. a new book coming. Well, my, I finished my book. 
Yay! Yay! Um, Everybody, it, round of applause. I, Excellent. I, <laughs> uh, I finished it in four months, which was wow. That's wow. Oh my God, that is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote a book one time, poorly sold. I'm not even going to mention the title, but I wrote it in four months and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was yeah. so yes. impossible to knock that thing out that quickly. I don't know how the hell you did. Well, I guess you, I do know how you did it because you're, of course, a genius. And <laughs> if you're a genius, that, that allows you to do a book in four months. So nicely done. Wow. Can you preview? Can you tell us about your like writing routine? Yeah. Oh, it was. There wasn't one. It's all I did. <laughs> it's just all you did. You like yeah. eat, sleep, right? And I had to do a lot of reading as well. So yeah, um, it was. It was a bit of a because it took from beginning to end. The first book took almost two years, which yeah. was a luxury. So I'm going to take a little bit of a break from yeah. writing. But uh, this one comes out unbelievably on August 17th. Um, oh my god! Excited about it. What's it called? Oh, it's right after your uncle is reinstated as president. On the That's, it's in oh, celebration yeah. of, of his right. statement. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> well, Mike. So Mike, I've got to ask, though, are you a coffee or tea person or like what's your um, poison for writing? Are, are you one of the people who can write when they drink wine? Oh, I'm not. I'm not really a caffeine person. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I drink a lot of water. I, how boring is that? <laughs> well, uh, so can you tell us anything about the book? Can you tell us what it's called? What's in it? What, what are you talking about uh, in this one? Yeah, it's um, called The Reckoning, Our Nation's Trauma and Finding a Way to Heal. And when I had got the idea for it, it, it was, I was mostly focused on, okay, what the hell is going to happen to us when we start emerging from COVID? Yeah. Um, yeah, is that reckoning with a W? Like what? car reckoning? Oh. <laughs> oh, reckoning, gotcha. No, <laughs> maybe that would have been a good idea, uh, considering almost a million of us have been killed. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, so I was thinking since obviously this was back in October, November, there was no way to know how long it was going to take. And and apparently we still don't know. Um, But it was when we started emerging that we were going to see the impact. It was having us on all of us emotionally and psychologically. Um, And, you know, it started off kind of as a write your own adventure because this was before the election. And I needed to convince my publisher that either way I could I could make this book work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But of course, if uh, Biden hadn't won, I would have moved to Tahiti or something. Yeah. I, I had plans no to book. go to Mexico. So yeah. Canada. Yeah. 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 There would have been no book. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Honestly, it would have been yeah. too devastating. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so but then I realized, you know, I can't I can't write 330 million individual treatment plans. And yeah. it's kind of useless to talk about these things in really broad terms. So I, it's ended up being a, a journey into finding out how we got here. Yeah. You know, how did we get to this incredibly fraught political moment where somebody like Donald was allowed to get within 100 billion light years of the White House. Um, hundreds of thousands of people died unnecessarily because of decisions that were made in mm-hmm. his administration and there has been no accountability and you know our democracy despite the fact that biden got in the white house our democracy is still on the brink yeah um so i wanted to get at at that i wanted to um delve deeply into what was going what's been going on in our history uh and what are we going to do about it yeah, um, yeah. so you know the the most 
basic conclusions or the broadest conclusions I, I drew is that one problem is no powerful white man has ever been held accountable, mm -hmm. starting with Robert E. Lee. Yep. And we continue to be a country that embraces white supremacy. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Those two things together. So basically, this book is going to have a lot of people hating me, probably, <laughs> because it sort of challenges a lot of people's assumptions, even on our side of things. You know, it's um, funny. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned Robert E. Lee and in tracing all of this back, like how did this get started? And we go to the like the Billy Joel song. We didn't start the fire. What started right. the fire? And I can't help but to trace it all the way back to the Civil War. The Civil yeah. War seems to be the start of everything that is both good and terrible about the United States. And that terrible side, we're still seeing the ramifications of it right now. And it's playing out. It's, it's amazing how the conflict of that era has resonated so powerfully through the years. And it just shows you how cataclysmic it was on one hand and also at the same time uh, uplifting uh, on the other hand. But it's really, it's like patient zero in all of this, mm -hmm. right? If you think of it in pandemic terms, <laughs> the Civil War yeah. and what led up, what caused the Civil War is what we're still coming to terms with now. Is that sort of uh, one of the conclusions you draw there? How did you, where did your timeline start for how this all began? Yeah, that, that is exactly right. Um, you know, I go back a little bit more in terms of the origins of slavery, but um, I totally agree with you. Um, about the Civil War and uh, in general, and Robert E. Lee in particular. Um, you know, this was a man who was directly, first of all, he was a traitor yeah. mm -hmm. to this country. Um, he was directly and indirectly responsible for the deaths of, you know, what, 720,000 people? Mm -hmm. um, and yet, oh, <laughs> I say as if this were the, the wor one of the worst things. Um, you know, it's hard to beat being responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of people, although yeah. it seems to be working out just fine for Donald. Mm -hmm. uh, is, you know, he enslaved people and tortured them. Um, so he was allowed not only to get away scot-free, but he was rehabilitated. He became the yeah. president of Washington University, which was then named Washington and Lee University in his honor. Yeah. And something probably a lot of people don't know is that Robert E. Lee was pardoned by Gerald Ford. Oh, really? yeah, right, yep. I forgot really? about that. Yeah. yeah. It was part of that lost cause to make it seem as if, well, you know, we're all countrymen and we need to all come together again. And the, but one of the best ways to come together again, uh, North and South, is to ridiculously pardon some of these secessionists that uh, took up arms against the United States. And Right, you know. exactly. And, and at the time, uh, you know, the problem is that the, the South actually didn't lose the Civil War. Yeah. Um, and as Brian Stevenson, who's the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, has said, slavery didn't end, it just evolved. Mm -hmm. uh, because right. in making that bargain to, uh, you know, for, to reunite North and South, um, black Americans were scapegoated once again. Yeah. Um, and for a hundred years were completely locked out of the franchise. I mean, mm -hmm. imagine how the political landscape of this country would have changed yeah. if that hadn't happened. I mean, there were, t Mississippi had two black senators yeah. in the 1870s, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. So imagine um, what, what might've been. Oh yeah, um, yeah. When reconstruction ended, 
all of that ended. Uh, yep. Blacks, former slaves holding office in the South, that just went away because they were subsequently terrorized. Once they were able to be terrorized, once all of the Union soldiers were pulled out of the South, then everything just went to hell. It was a, it was a yep. nightmare down there for a considerable period of time, and we're still, again, still seeing the ramifications of all of that now. And there seems to yeah. be <laughs> this real... Uh, pitched battle now happening where Republicans are just going full racist. And I think it it has a lot to do with your uncle making it okay to be racist in public again. Right up to the edge of saying the N-word. They don't quite go there and yet. And they're itching for that. I mean, they, like, they're just spoiling for that. And I don't understand it. Like you'll, I'm like, this discussion comes up again and again with Ben Shapiro and Eric Erickson. And they're like, well, if they can say the N-word, why can't we? And I'm like... Right. Why do you need it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not a, I mean, it's a bad word for white people to say. It's mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I don't understand what your uncontrollable compulsion is. Yeah. Like, why you're determined to make yourself the victim here. Mm. Like, just, well, I there's, there's, there's I want to ask Mary. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's a, a new Texas bill working its way through the Texas Senate right now that would drop the teaching requirement that the KKK was bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That the KKK. Oh, they can't teach like, women suffrage. Mm. Right. Or yeah. Martin Luther King, even. <sighs> it's unbelievable. Well, and Texas textbooks are the books that are used countrywide. Yeah. And actually, I didn't, I didn't realize this. I, actually, um, American history is one of the few subjects that doesn't have a nationwide um, right. rubric or whatever uh, mm-hmm. template for mm-hmm. what should be taught, whereas yeah. math does, science Syllabus, do. maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, just, you know, there's no consensus nationwide. So it's right. state by state. Yeah. It can, if you look at a Texas textbook and a California American history textbook side by side, it's astonishing uh, mm. how different things are covered or what isn't mm-hmm. taught versus what is. And that is why, though, that Republicans get away can get away with what they're getting away with. They've kept people ignorant. We don't teach civics. We don't teach critical thinking. So when they say, oh, critical race theory, it's this racist thing, we can't teach it anymore, even though it's not taught anywhere but grad no. school, pretty much, um, people don't understand what a lie it is. And these are the same people who can say with a straight face, oh, get over it, slavery ended 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they don't know. They're yeah. not being taught. And, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to let anybody off the hook because if we're adult human beings, we need to be held responsible for our willful, willful ignorance. But it's as similar with COVID. You know, if you're elected official, if people you've tr- put your trust in, whom you voted for, mm. are telling you, hey, it's a hoax, only liberals wear masks, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, getting the vaccine makes you a, a snowflake. You can't really blame them. Uh, I mean, you can now because it's yeah. so out of control. But initially, you can't, just like you can't necessarily, if they haven't been taught, I, there's stuff that I, I came across writing this book that I didn't know, and I, I'm pretty well educated. <laughs> That's right. David, you were going to ask uh, Mary a question a second ago. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, what do you say to, I've been listening to Noel Kassler's podcast, and I really like him, but he's very doom and gloom right now about anyone facing consequences mm-hmm. yeah. in the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's frustrating because we know there are criminals. They crimed <laughs> in broad daylight, you know, and bragged about it and sent emails about it. And, you know, and there's, I just, you know, do you think there's going to be any kind of 
long-term repercussions for those people? I, um, I, I am, this probably comes as a surprise, but I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic person, although that's mm -hmm. been really tested uh, <laughs> in the last four years and the I last year and a half in particular, right? Yep. Um, which is depressing. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to be uh, a dark person, but it's, it's hard not to be when, um, it's not, it's not that the other side is trying to get away with it. Of course they are. It's that our side isn't doing everything they can to prevent that. Thank you very much, Merrick Garland, <laughs> who yeah. shouldn't have even been a Supreme Court nominee, let alone uh, AG. Interesting. So, um, unfortunately, um, it's going to take a lot more than it would if these weren't powerful people who'd right. been protected by the positions they held. Mm -hmm. Right. But as I've said all along, it's never going to be one thing that takes Donald down. It's going to be mm, death, death a by a thousand. Cuts. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, apparently we still have a few hundred more to go um, because mm. anybody else would be, uh, you know, in uh, leg irons and orange jumpsuits. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's it's because powerful people, it's, it's like because they got... Well, he doesn't have access to good lawyers, so there is that. Um, it's <laughs> no good lawyer wants to work for him. Um, on the other hand, I mean, they did like slap the handcuffs on Tom Barack or however you say his name. Barack. Barack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. yep, that's true. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. It's like one bit, one yeah. rich shit hook is riding a dick <laughs> to space, while another one is riding downtown with the police. Do you think that Barack is going to flip on Donald? I think he would, but the, you know, but that's the other thing that's important to remember. <clears throat> the people who are getting indicted are people who are closer and closer and closer. Right. Yeah. Right. So first of all, I mean, I, I honestly don't know that Weiselberg would flip right. because there's too much at stake for him. Mm. I don't think Barrack has the same kind of incentive not to, first mm -hmm. of all. And secondly, at what point, do you have to stop saying, oh, well, you know, it was just the people who work for him. It wasn't him. Mm -hmm. right. It's absurd on its face. We know that Michael Cohen was sent to jail for a crime Donald was uh, a co-conspirator in. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something else that, that is going to force the hand of people who might otherwise be... Um, reluctant yeah. to go there um, because seriously, how much damage can one person do? Mm. I'm personally at this point more upset that uh, there's not a commission to investigate what happened with COVID and the yeah. tragic and willfully malicious response. Right. Um, you know, death, the death of Americans was treated like a winning campaign issue, just like his racism was treated like mm -hmm. a winning campaign issue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at what happens to your uncle, what happens to all of his inner circle people at the same time. And I'm looking at um, two tracks. One track is the uh, criminal prosecution track. Uh, lots of opportunities on the criminal side. But the public relations side, what is it going to take, if anything, for his people, for the Red Hats to start going, hey, you know what, this guy, this isn't our guy. Is that ever going to happen? And if so, what is it going to take for that to happen? Uh, the short answer is no, nothing. There's yeah, nothing. Right. Um, the slightly longer answer is um, 
it depends if we're talking about you know the maggots the the cult yeah people then no nothing mm. but if we're talking about elected republicans um it's a slightly more complicated answer because it depends in part on what they're able to get away with yeah. if they are able to get away with all of these um voter suppression laws um if Biden doesn't do something about the Supreme Court and add seats to both it and to the federal ju judiciary. Mm -hmm. um, we, we will continue to lose in the courts as well. Um, so, you know, because the thing is, they don't care that quote unquote Trumpism doesn't scale. He lost everything. He lost everything for them. That yeah. mm -hmm. doesn't matter. What he showed them is how you can turn this country into a, an autocracy that is ruled by a minority. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're aiming for. Yeah. So if something, if he does something to interfere with that, then that might turn them against him. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a long shot. I yeah. think they're so bought in, you know, both the, uh, the people who game the system like McConnell and the people who just want to tear it all down like Josh Hawley, they're, they're all in at this point. There was a scene in the, God, I want to say it's on Apple Plus. It's a series called The Morning Show, and it's got Jennifer yeah. Aniston in it, and so, and uh, Billy Crudup is in it, and he plays this great character. He's a studio executive, and he says this line in an episode in the first season where he goes, "Chaos is the new cocaine." And he's deliberately stoking chaos on this morning show and, and therefore, uh, by proxy, stoking chaos in the audience and so on. Who, Which host are they going to side with? And, you know, and I keep go taking that quote from the show and applying it to American politics. Do Trump's supporters, do the Red Hats love Donald Trump or do they love the chaos? Is it... Or is it a combination of those things? I know it's easy to say, well, it's both, but, you know, it could be mm. both. Um, mm. But I tend to believe that they like the chaos. The chaos is the initial uh, desire, and Donald Trump is the vehicle that they can latch on to and ride into the chaos, to create the chaos, to manufacture chaos, I guess. Um, wh what do you think it is, Mary? I agree with you. Um, the the thing is, it seems like it's Donald because he's the only person right now who can do it. Yeah. Um, partially because nobody would have ever dared try, mm -hmm. um, and nobody's quite as damaged yeah. the way he is. Um, so, and it comes naturally to him as well. So it, it, it seems authentic, but it is it is the chaos. I I would suggest and it, which which they like in part because of how it demoralizes the rest of us. Mm -hmm. It energizes mm -hmm. them because it's entirely at our expense. Well, it's not entirely at our expense, but they think it is, yeah. right? These are the people who've been trained for decades to vote against their own self-interest. So dying to own the lib has, has become a thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I would suggest that part of it is also they love what he that he gets away with it. Mm. it it's like he's mm. their proxy for them in that way you know they wish they could get away with shit the way he gets away with it yeah yeah and they admire it is he still wired into the reality show mindset which is that 
Let's stir up controversy for the sake of ratings. And I'm always trying to get inside his head, and I don't know why, because it's a terrible, frightening place. Because you're a masochist, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the, uh, the president show, Tony Atamanik went inside yes. Donald Trump's head, and it was nightmarish. <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out what, what drives him outside of just me, 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 me. And I can't help but to think that he went through a degree of media training when he started to do his uh, reality show, when he started to do The Apprentice. And he learned a lot of lessons, I think valuable lessons that he could apply to politics in that process. And one of the lessons is, you know, if you're in one of those reality show scenarios, you're always looking for conflict. You're always looking for something to keep your name at the top of the, the cast list. First of all, the villain is always the most popular character on the show. Second of all, whatever chaos, whatever interpersonal conflict occurs on the show, that's good for ratings. Do you think he took some of those lessons and, and applied that to uh, not only his presidency, but how he comports himself on the uh, national stage? Actually, it, it goes back uh, to his childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, he, it's always been about getting attention. Yeah. And in fact, um, he and my grandfather always used to say, there's no such thing as bad news. Yeah unless you're not in the news, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, because he's wired that way, I think it's less that he learned from reality TV that it was just, um, it, it was just this perfect storm mm -hmm. um, that worked for him. And it's the same, it was the same thing in the 80s, you know? He just, he would do something and it would get attention. Mm-hmm. Right, and he'd be in all of the papers, and suddenly the New York Times is is publishing his obscenely racist thoughts about the exonerated five, and giving him that platform. Oh, yeah. And the same thing happened in the 2016 election. So it's just always worked for him, and unlike other people, he's always been willing to push the envelope and see what he can get away with, and he's always getting away with everything because he's always being allowed to. It's absolutely. Yeah. Uh, horrific. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the uh, well, I think it's part the of it is that he creates distractions. You know, when everything he always he's always like trying to like make an announcement about his new social media platform or like make a controversial whatever, like it, whenever the indictments come around or from the office of the former president of <laughs> yeah. the United States. Like, well, I mean, it's a, there's a there's a dominant <laughs> attitude right now. There's a dominant strategy inside the Republican Party, which is bring out the rodeo clowns. There's a lot of rodeo clowning going on, uh, whether you have the actual rodeo clowns from the rodeo clown caucus in the House of Representatives, people like uh, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Jim Jordan, and all the rest of those uh, characters. You know, Mark Meadows was a member of the... Uh, 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 rodeo Clown Caucus and then got mm -hmm. up to being Chief of Staff. So the Rodeo Clown Caucus has a lot of power right now. And you also see it in the form yeah. of Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro yeah. and Dan Bongino and the Fox News uh, hosts and so on. And so there's a, a ton of that, which is the let's manufacture something that doesn't really exist. And uh, in fact, on today's postmortem show, we're going to talk about uh, Republican cancel culture. And I've got, I've list, I came up with a bunch of all the examples I could possibly find of Republican cancel culture. But this is all, look over here, look over here, look over here. So we're not talking about comeuppance for the irresponsibility on the pandemic. We're not talking about comeuppance when it comes to the insurrection. We're not talking about the previous three years. Because I find we, uh, we always spend time on this path 
past year, the horrible past, the last year of the Trump administration, and we tend to forget what happened in the previous three years. That in and of itself yeah. is its own distraction. So uh, I gotta say though, like yeah. I feel like the reckoning on the January sixth coup attempt, in terms of Nancy Pelosi. Like, I was really proud of her yesterday for being like, sorry, no clowns. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a clown-free zone. Yeah. Um, but I think that people do not ever need to underestimate the fact that, like, she is a mama bear. Like, and her staffers were terrified that day. And she was mm-hmm. separated from them. And, you know, the Secret Service, she's like, and she's like, they didn't have the same protections I did. And she is really pissed. Yeah. Like, this is a real thing that happened to her, and she's not going to let it turn into a political clown show. And bully for her, because Jim Jordan would be on that committee to do exactly that. Yeah. He might as well bring, like, a rubber, no- like, a red ball nose and a rubber chicken. Well, yeah. and, and, and Pelosi is in talks with Adam Kinzinger to join the committee oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. So, I mean, if he joins, I, I say she talks to the 10 GOP representatives that voted to impeach because of the insurrection yeah. and see if any of them are willing to do it because then it is bipartisan and it's people she can trust to ask the right questions. Well, and going back to uh, full circle where we started this conversation with Robert E. Lee and the Civil War, one of the lessons of the Civil War is a lot of those guys, like Mary said, Robert E. Lee and some of the other perpetrators of secession, of course, uh, who formed the Confederate government and so on. Uh, they all were kind of let off very easily after the mm-hmm. Civil War. What is the lesson there? The lesson is we're still experiencing the ramifications of that leniency today. Today, 155 coming up on 100. We're, well, actually, we're at 160 years if you started Bull Run again. And so it's been that long and we're still experiencing all the downsides of just being so lenient with all of those perpetrators. And so the lesson is, let's not be lenient with the perpetrators of this insurrection because we could be li- you know, living with the ramifications of the insurrection for many, many years to come as well. And so I think this is a valuable, another valuable lesson from the Civil War that we can apply today. So, okay, well, there's lots more to talk about. I want to get into uh, more of this uh, conversation about the uh, 1-6 committee, Nancy Pelosi, Kevin McCarthy, plus, uh, let's see what else. Oh, yes, lots of coronavirus stuff, lots of COVID stuff on tap for today. The, uh, the Republicans, the Red Hats, appear to be backpedaling a little bit, but let's not get all Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football <laughs> on this yet, because I don't think they're done. But first, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under-eye bags would just go away. You're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women until now. Introducing the new GenuCell Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote, quote, I've been using GenuCell for a couple of months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and they haven't come back. I love the product. I use it under my eyes, around my cheekbones and on my eyelids, unquote. With its instant effect, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. They guarantee it. Order now and get 50% off all GenuCell packages for summer, go to lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. Link in the description at bobseska.com. That's lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show.
Oh, yeah. One of the uh, newer recording artists here on the show. This is Feed Your Wolves, Andy Davidson. All the way from Northeast England. Still mind-blowing to me that we get submissions from all around the globe. Everywhere from Northeast England to Ukraine to, oh my God, Australia, New Zealand. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is, uh, again, I've been waiting for you. It's the Silver Fox remix. I wonder if that's uh, Silver Fox from Young Gun Silver Fox. I don't know. The mystery is here. Uh, FeedYourWolves.com to support Andy Davidson's project. Amazing, amazing work. Yeah. When it went really quiet before the chorus, and then it went... Boom! I just, that's a trick I never, like, you could do that to me a dozen times, like, a hundred times. I will never get tired of that. I'm always like, oh, ooh, that's so cool! You know, like. <laughs> just incredible. BobSeska.com slash music to submit your stuff to the show. Uh, thank you so much in advance for doing that and sharing all your work. It's incredible stuff. Okay. Kevin McCarthy has pulled all five of his rodeo clowns from the 1-6 committee uh, after Nancy Pelosi kind of rejected them. He said, well, no, we're, you're not going to put Jim Jordan on this committee because you know what? This no. is a serious event. This is a serious committee. And Jim Jordan is one of the most unserious people in the entire nation, much less, you know, the uh, exclusive club of 435 Americans who uh, represent the uh, uh, half of Congress, basically, an entire and chamber of Congress. And he's directly implicated in the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, it's like right. the impeachment. It's a second impeachment. Yeah. Every single person in the Senate was either a witness, a victim, or a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. Yeah, yeah. The other big lie coming from the Republicans right now is once again, it's another rodeo clown distraction thing. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. And they're claiming that Nancy Pelosi <sighs> didn't provide enough security <laughs> on one six, which yeah. is a big fucking piece of shit. I, this is one of the most ridiculous claims. One of the reasons why it's so ridiculous is there's documentation showing that there was nothing she could have done. She doesn't have purview over the national, the D.C. National Guard. There's an entire letter signed by Christopher fucking Miller, the, yep. <laughs> the Secretary uh. of Defense, saying you Acting. will not get any support from the D.C. National Guard. You will not get weapons, ammunition, bayonets, batons, or ballistic protection equipment. Uh, they cannot interact physically with protesters. You can't employ any riot control agents. You can't uh, share equipment with law enforcement agencies. The list goes on and on and on. They tried, but Donald Trump's apparatchiks, they all said no, no way. And another thing uh, I heard this morning is... Uh, and an audio recording, I think uh, Stephanie Miller played it this morning on her show, audio recording of Donald Trump talking to Carol Lenning. Yeah. And Donald Trump saying that, uh, oh, I had nothing to do with this rally. This wasn't even really my rally. Another gigantic lie, which is this started as a grassroots thing. That's how it started. But as soon as the White House got wind of it, Donald Trump micromanaged it all the way. This became a White House event. The entire rally on the ellipse. Alex Jones, if you want to believe Alex Jones, he coordinated with the White House to not only be there in the front row of the rally, but then to lead the entire crowd down to the Capitol building. Now, that may be inflated because, you know, (laughs) I'm not breaking any news here. Alex Jones tends to lie a lot. But this one I kind of believe. Because this was before the arrests started happening. This is before the comeuppance began happening, when Alex Jones got on his own show and said, oh, look, I, White House told me, okay. 
<laughs> Secret Service is going to tell you, take the crowd down from the ellipse and walk them on down to the Capitol building, and, and then we're going to change the election and we're going to hang Mike Pence and all the rest of it. Oh, did I say that out loud? I didn't mean to say that out loud. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. so eerie. <laughs> I can smell the coke sweat every time you do that. Like, uh, yeah, talk about a scary place to be inside Alex Jones's head. It's the same thing that's inside Homer Simpson's head, where there's like a donkey napping under a tree. Except in Alex Jones's head, the donkey naps and then explodes. That's what's running on endless loop in Alex Jones's head, and that's the only thing. Trust me, I've been there. Um, okay, it's not a cat, a monkey washing a Siamese cat forever. <laughs> that's even better. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's what's happening <laughs> in Alex <laughs> And the ben, and the Benny Hill video. music is playing in the background. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, the Delta variant is mm. going to find all unvaxxed people. This is the yeah, this is the word from uh, Mayo Clinic doctors. Uh, Dr. Gregory Poland of the Mayo Clinic is one of the nation's leading experts on vaccines. He says he is still wearing a mask even when he steps out of his Mayo office. He said, I think there is no question that we are going to see a surge, he said. In a crowded scenario, I'm in a mask indoors or outdoors. And so this goes hand in hand with uh, the Surgeon General. Mm-hmm. Biden's Surgeon General said today uh, that the CDC needs to revise its guidance to include masks, uh, including for uh, vaccinated people. So he's calling it, what is it? Uh, 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 oh, Vaxit Masket, I think is the little right. uh, zinger he's come up with. And so this is coming from the Surgeon General. So I wouldn't be surprised if the CDC revised its guidance in the not too distant future. We have well, I to. Mean, we, we have to here in L.A. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. L.A. County's already uh, instituted that. And we, we and by the way, I never stopped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good for Vax you. it, mask oh, it, or end up in a casket. You know, yeah. I mean, I've been vaccinated since April. And um, as long as I'm around people that I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Whether I'm inside or outside someplace, I have mm-hmm. a mask. I have dub- I double mask. Me too. Uh, and, and filter. Yeah, it's it's there's no reason not I have a triple layer mask that helps with droplets plus another neck gaiter. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's And always no, wear glasses of some kind. Right. Always. I so, do. Mary, how are you dealing with it uh, from a psychological point of view? We've been talking about post traumatic stress on this show uh, quite a bit as a consequence of the pandemic as a consequence of uh, coming out of the Donald Trump administration. Uh, All of these things combined have kind of put us a little bit off kilter. And I I would absolutely categorize myself in that territory. And one of the things that is most distressing coming out of this is that once we got vaccinated, we felt like, Okay, well, we're coming out of the dark. We're entering the wee. light. Everything's got, yeah, we. And then suddenly, oh, fuck, we're in this again. How are you yeah. feeling uh, at this point in time uh, coming out of all of this? Or getting back into it, as the case Yeah, is. right. Um, well, f- first of all, I, I am really uh, disappointed that that's not strong enough a word. But yeah. as amazing a job as the Biden administration did getting the vaccines rolled out, um, you know, that uh, that's faltered a bit because what they didn't do was have a national mask mandate yeah. along with the vaccination mm-hmm. rollout. And that, in my view, um, they should have treated the first two months of his um, administration as if it were the first two months of COVID and just locked everything down and done everything they could have. Um, 
until they lifted everything. Yeah. And here in New York, it was literally going from zero to 60 in one day. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, you know, people here are still, they're really good about uh, on subways and stuff like that. But um, I went and ran some errands yesterday. And in every store I went in, I was the only person other than staff wearing a mask. And it freaked me out. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because it was obviously a mistake, <laughs> mm-hmm. as we were seeing. And it's not just, uh, the, you know, the problem is, yes, pretty much only unvaccinated people are going to get very ill. But vaccinated people can still get other people sick. Exactly. There, there are unvaccinated people who aren't vaccinated because they don't have a choice because they're either kids yeah. or they have some kind of pre-existing condition that contraindicates yes. a vaccine. So I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the willfully unvaccinated people mm-hmm. um, who were never going to say, oh, wait, you know, I'm not vaccinated, so I'll voluntarily wear a mask. That was never going to happen. The yeah. whole honor system thing was insane. Uh, so, yeah, so we're looking at another lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle it, I, you know, and that, that again, is something that um, will exacerbate everything. Yeah, I yeah. have complex PTSD from a long time ago, mm. so I've been able to s- track how this is affecting me and um, when my symptoms get bad. But the only reason I'm bringing that up is because it's given me uh, some insight into how people who didn't come into this with PTSD might be reacting to the fact that they suddenly have these reactions they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't know what dissociating is and you're suddenly dissociating, or if you've never had an anxiety attack and suddenly you're getting tunnel vision and your heart rate is going through the roof, you know, it, people aren't able to gauge what exactly is going on with them because yeah. after a year and a half of stress, physical stress, mental stress, emotional stress, isolation, all this other stuff, um, you know, it could be psychological disorder. It could be just stress. It could be a physical issue because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I am so much less healthy now than I was at the beginning of this. Hmm. So what do we, you know, how do we do, how do we... We're not even going to have the opportunity to grapple with that because we're going back into lockdown again. Yeah. 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 A I, the mental mine, image I get. Oh, go ahead. I, I just want to let you know I have three people I know that are vaccine hesitant. They're mm-hmm. mask wearers and all of that, but they're vaccine hesitant. And one mm-hmm. of them got her first shot two days ago. That's oh, great. Um, wow. And she partially did it for Joe Biden. Um, and her husband, who's been vaccinated for a while. And luckily, a friend of hers who's a pharmacist broke it down for her uh, how safe it is and and she was terrified to do it her husband literally didn't go to work day before yesterday Mm -hmm. just to stick by her side to see how she would be and um you know i'm i'm very happy for her i'm very proud of her and i'm just hoping that when both vaccinations get full authorization the other two people in my life will also decide to do what's right luckily those two never leave their house and they do mask up they do believe in that but they just are terrified of getting something they don't know about and, and are getting bad information on. I'm so glad you brought that up, Jody. Uh, you and Mary both bringing up uh, sort of something that we haven't really discussed when it comes to the vaccines, which are 
a population of people who simply are unable to get it because of right. some physical pre-existing condition that it gets exacerbated mm-hmm. because of the vaccine or Children a right a psychological mm-hmm. condition where yeah. a lot of people are clinically terrified Absolutely. of having medicine pumped into their bodies and or needles yeah or needles yeah exactly. that's tough needles yeah. exactly right and yeah. there there has to be a carve out in our minds and in our hearts for those people because they're especially vulnerable because of no fault of their own right. and so it doesn't we, help also yeah. that the you know the FDA hasn't uh, yeah. approved authorized yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So. well yeah and then going back to the CDC too Mary I think you're exactly right in terms of the failure of the CDC when it came to that revised mask guidance uh, a few months ago where it's basically like no nah, no more masks don't worry about the masks so early it was way too early way too they early because to, they yeah. wanted to blow you know Sunshine up everybody's ass. And here's the other psychological thing. And I don't know if this is necessarily um, a symptom of post-traumatic stress or perhaps a cause, a gateway into post-traumatic stress with regard to the pandemic. But we wired ourselves for an entire year and a half almost to believe that everyone we encountered was breathing poison. (laughs) After a year and a half, it's going to take a while to unravel that out of our heads, at least for many of us. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. everybody, because some people are able to just snap out of things, and you know those people are very, very fortunate. But a lot of us spent that time, in order to remain safe, we had to convince ourselves, we had to rewire our own heads to say, we can't interact with human beings the way we have, in my case, for 50 years. And now it's back to, uh, okay, well, I guess we can interact with people, maybe, but they were breathing poison for a year and a half. Right. That, I mean, that is a mindset that takes a long time, at least judging by my own anecdotal experience. It's taken a long time to unravel that, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm still cringing yeah. when people shake hands in movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so if I feel anybody like the tries image, to shake my hand, <laughs> the mental image I get of everybody it's like Wiley e. Coyote is like run through a fence and yeah. he's like looks down like oh I'm okay and then turns around and starts to walk off and all the pieces start to fall away, <laughs> you know like. That's kind of where we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then uh, going back to the Rodeo Clown Caucus, uh, one of the exterior members, he's not a member of Congress, but he's certainly part of the Rodeo Clown Caucus, Charlie Kirk, has been telling his gullible fanboys, of course, Charlie Kirk is the dumbest man in politics, make no mistake, makes uh, Donald Trump Jr. look like a Mensa genius. (laughs) This guy's I don't know if I'd go that far. (laughs) pretty stupid. Guys, guys, I gotta tell you, I'm a Mensa genius compared to Charlie Kirk. Guys! Um, Hal Sparks does the best. What a cell phone uh, that would be. Uh, So Charlie Kirk is telling his idiot fanboys that a million people have died from the vaccine, which is just so out well beyond the realms of all of the lies we've already heard about this crap. But what he seemed to have slipped through the radar that one of the co-founders of Talking Point or whatever it is, TPUSA, died two weeks ago of COVID. Like he's (laughs) thirty-five. Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, some people who get the vaccine are very, very old, and they were going to pass on anyway. And so that's, I think sometimes when you hear shirkers, refuseniks, and anti-vaxxers going, oh my God, people are dying from the vaccine. Well, yeah, I mean, if they're 88 years old, and they get the vaccine, and they already had some pre-existing thing that was shortening their lives at that point, then people are drawing correlations between the death and the vaccine, when in fact there is no correlation between those two. 
two. They're completely separate. But these are complicated matters that I think the United States, especially now, and way too many Americans in our current state of idiocracy. Shit's getting way too complicated for me. It's way too complicated for so many people. But when you have an entire population of people who are not only spreading lies like what Charlie Kirk is saying, but making a profit in the process of spreading those lies, this whole Red Hat entertainment complex is really enriching themselves based on disinformation, exclusive disinformation, taking advantage of the gullibility of their own audience. And so we're seeing that exacerbating everything else. But now Ron DeSantis down in Florida is backpedaling on vaccines. And the question, I think the question of the hour, or the question of the week right now is, did someone get to Fox News? Did someone get to DeSantis to say, okay, we need to ease up a little bit on demonizing the vaccines? I think it's a combination of legal people at Fox yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. polling, polling for DeSantis. Maybe. That could be it. And, and I wonder if there was a new threat of a lawsuit uh, facing so. Fox News Channel. I, 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 I've been be. really hoping that we should all, as a country, jump in into a class action lawsuit against what they've done in terms of prolonging the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. And Mary, you brought up uh, accountability for worsening the pandemic because there was a paint-by-numbers process to at least mitigate this to a significant extent. And all of that process, the entire thing was thrown out in lieu of, oh, shit, I got to get reelected in the midst of all of this. How do I do that? Well, I got to pander to the fanboys. And the fanboys wanted to liberate Michigan and liberate Virginia and liberate Ohio and all the rest of that very, very early on. So have at it. Go, go do that. And so I hope, uh, David, I hope you're exactly right. I hope that there is some class action lawsuit at the very least obviously there needs to be something bigger than that something that's far more historic to hold it has to be citizen driven though because if it's the government driving it they're going to totally be like first amendment first amendment you're trying to shut us down yeah yeah i I mean i think first of all you talk about the the um domestic terrorists who were trying to shut down state governments, they didn't start it. They took their, they took their cue from Donald. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they shouldn't be held accountable. Of course they should be. Um, and I'm not sure why war wasn't made um, about the this difference between how they were treated with kid gloves and how Black Lives Matter protesters right. were treated, but that's a different discussion, I guess. Um, I... Should there be a class action lawsuit? Of course. If if somebody I loved died unnecessarily from this, I would be out for blood. So I, I'm a little mystified as to why there isn't more outrage. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and I, I don't say this to be hyperbolic or melodramatic. I think it's literally true that Donald Trump is a mass murderer. Yeah. He did mm-hmm. this on purpose because he thought that Choosing the economy over American lives was better for his uh, presidential prospects. Um, he not only did nothing to mitigate it, he did many, many things to worsen mm-hmm. the problem. And it was like that from the very beginning. If we had locked this country down for six weeks, starting in the middle of March, this thing would have been done with. It's, yeah. it's a, I, there's not a word to describe the um, 
hideousness of what they've gotten away with. Yeah, yeah. And it was as simple as Donald Trump not wanting to look weak. That's one of the new revelations from the Carol Lennig book, which is that he didn't want to wear a mask, which led to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. And this is, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that. There have been studies that correlate the lack of wearing masks on behalf of the president to the deaths due to coronavirus. And so he refused to wear it because he didn't want to look weak. And the amazing thing about that is he always looks weak, no matter what he does. When he's trying to be the toughest, that's when he looks the weakest. So yeah, I, That was actually in my book, too, because yeah. that was the thing that struck me. Um, well, both of those things. One is that he was doing all of these things so he wouldn't look weak and he wouldn't look like a loser, both of which, as you just said, he is. He's mm-hmm. just completely those things. But why do other people not see what we see? That's what's been driving me crazy. Me yeah. too, from the, the very beginning. I've ever known in my life. And I think it's for uh, two reasons. One, probably the main one, is that they identify with his sense of grievance. Mm-hmm. And he gives them permission yeah. to be aggrieved. These poor white men. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, so but the average income of the Trump voter on the whole is like 78000 a year. It's not in, I mean, they keep talking about white grievance and poor people. It's just racism. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about a, there, uh, it's definitely not economic anxiety. That yeah. was just, a, you know, the media giving white people permission to be racist. Yeah. No, it's all about the white supremacy and, you know, what they're going to lose if other people are ever allowed to be equal. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest joke in the world is that Donald Trump is a man's man. He's this tough guy, this tough guy. He's got the tough guy swagger and, you know, he stands up to... His girdle and his makeup and his heels. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. Everything about him is just just screams weakness. It's just amazing. All right, we got to take... He's Jim Jones. I mean, he really... It's like the whole thing is a... It's a cult, and he's like... I mean, he didn't make them physically drink cyanide, although he suggested it with bleach. Uh, it's well, just at least a- Jim Jones had the decency to off himself. <laughs> yeah. True. All right, on That's that note, we're going to take one last break. Back with uh, more show right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska!
brand new single from State to State. State to State from Los Angeles. Yeah, there's a song called Bye Bye. Available now everywhere you get your digital music. And, of course, you can go to uh, statetostateband.com. One of our favorites here on the show. Okay, uh, getting back into things here with uh, the honorary third goth ninja, Mary Trump, is here. In the, in stu- not in, stu- I almost said in studio, as if we're all sitting here huddled around a table, which we're starship captain Mary Trump. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, so uh, Jesse Waters has a solution for the climate crisis, and you know, anytime the climate crisis comes up, I feel an extra sense of dread because of our inability in this country to sacrifice for the greater good, and that was, of course, writ large over the past year. And so when it comes to the climate crisis, I have even less hope today than I did a year ago in terms of at least citizens coming together and making the sacrifices necessary to uh, mitigate the effects of the climate crisis. Well, Jesse Waters, one of the punchiest punch-me faces on Fox News Channel, uh, said that he's, he's got the ultimate solution for uh, the climate crisis, which is that you just have to adapt to it. This, why even bother? Why bother doing anything about it? Just adapt. That's like Ben Spiro saying people in the flooded city should just sell their houses. <laughs> That's right. It's, uh, it's like, just sharks. Yeah, yeah. And we have to refer to the climate crisis as being, uh, you know, a pandemic for the planet, basically. It's a, the, the planet is diseased right now, and it's because of human activity. And so God, you're going to make me break out my Al Gore. <laughs> the planet has a fever. If um, your baby had a fever, you would take it to the doctor. That's right. Go ahead. I point, to, um. point, point to my charts. I got lots of charts. I'm going to go up here and ride my scissor lift up to the top of the charts. Um, <laughs> that's partly Dana Carvey's impression of Al Gore. What is uh, happening? Yeah. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Sometimes we break into character, Mary, every once in a while. It's, it's part of the madness. But, I mean, here's the thing. If you get cancer, you try to cure the cancer. You try to yeah. cure the tumor that's killing you, right? And that's why this is just dumb shit. And, we're, you know, if it comes down to Republican control of this country, that's it. It's over. It's game over. And, oh, and, totally. And it wasn't necessarily that way 40, 50 years ago, although they were on the path to today. Um, it's worse now because it's the entire Republican movement is occupied by scam artists and uh, and grifters, and so it, it, there's nothing good that's going to come out of the modern Republican Party if if they end up uh, derping their way into a majority in the Congress uh, in 2022, which we're going to well, do we're everything. We're running we can. out of time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, here's another thing: more uh, ramifications of the past year and the incompetence that led us down this uh, horrible, horrible road of having a uncontrolled pandemic in this country, U.S. life expectancy fell by an entire year and a half in yep. the year 2020. It's the largest one-year decline since World War II. <sighs> the drop huh, spell- maybe living in a capitalist dystopia isn't good for people. <laughs> That's you right. You know what still fascinates me, though? Um, yeah. That their their response to climate change catastrophic climate change is similar to their response to covid they act as if it doesn't affect them right it it's cuz it's not it's it's different with the vaccine now but at the beginning you know it wasn't as if they were all wearing masks and telling people not to mm. none of them was wearing masks either yeah. right. and they were getting sick and some of them were probably getting really sick and who knows how many of them died we'll never know that but it's it's quite something that they think that 
they're they going to live on mountains so the sea doesn't get them? Or mm-hmm. wait, no, there are fire in the mountain. They can't escape it either. That's what I find mind-blowing. This is the thing about the chaos people is they don't understand how dependent they are on infrastructure. They think that they're going to have a civil war and that Walmart's going to stay open. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to be able to go to Home Depot to get more, you know, construction materials or whatever. And I just... You know, I want to write a book called The Internet is Going to Kill Us All. Yeah. Uh, And and by extension, or I think the nut, the centerpiece of that theory is bro science. Bro science is going to kill us all. And I don't know, Mary, did you include something about the internet in charting this kind of timeline of increasing disaster, one thing leading to another, leading to another, leading to the Donald Trump presidency and all the nightmares that went along with it? Is there something in there about the internet? Because I feel like People, a lot of the shirkers, a lot of the refuseniks when it comes to the vaccine, for example, are getting bombarded with bro science from sources like Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, Reddit threads, uh, certainly when it was around 8chan and so on. Just the absolute nonsense that people are just basking in every damn day around the clock. It seems like that is a big contributor to the disaster that we're experiencing right now. It is, and I, I actually didn't touch on it very much at all. Because oh, hey, good. Then I can write my book. I can do I my I was going to say, it, exactly. It needs an entire book, which you're going to write. You yes. have the title already. That's 90% of the battle. Yeah. <laughs> What's the title? I missed something. The Internet is Going to Kill Us All. Oh, I yeah, would suggest right. that the subtitle it should be if it hasn't already. If it hasn't already, yes, perfect. Okay, well, maybe we could co-write something. I'm just throwing that, that out there. Fine, I don't know. <laughs> We're doing be a song a first. Lovely. Back off, guys. Yeah, I know. Already <laughs> asked Mary to collaborate. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Finally, what do I want to talk about here before we uh, move along here? Oh, one of the U.S. Capitol uh, rioters was convicted of a felony and sentenced to just eight months in prison. The question for the room before we wrap up the show today, the free portion of the show, because we're going to keep talking on the post-mortem show and all of you free show listeners, all you non-subscribers are going to miss out. I'm just saying. But is eight months in prison enough? This was a plea agreement that they came up with for this one insurrectionist. Is eight months enough punishment or is it too much? Is it just right? Uh, let's go around. Let's start with Jody Hamilton. What do you think, Jody? Not enough. Not enough. The, the minimum is 15 months, and the judge decided not to even do with the mandatory minimum on that, or the suggested minimum. So uh, the fact that Tommy Chong got nine months for selling bongs. Oh, that's right. Shit. Yeah, you're exactly right. What no, do you he th- didn't get enough. He should have gotten the 18 months that the prosecutors asked for. The judge was wrong, in yeah. my opinion. What do you think, David? Oh, it's definitely not enough, but I'm, like, all for clockwork oranging him, like, strap him <laughs> to a chair, like, make his eyes open and make him watch, you know, an episode of, like, Ellen interviewing David Sedaris again and again and again for eight solid months. Well, he has to because we have to do that because he's going to be able to vote in the next election. Yeah. yeah. So we can't risk it, and I agree. It's not enough. Every single one of these people should get the maximum um, I assume that many more of them are looking at much longer sentences. They yeah. should all be getting... These are insurrectionists. They tried to take down our government, for God's sakes. We cannot pull punches here. I, just, I feel like there needs to be something more. We need like a constitutional amendment or some kind of law that covers this territory. I don't think the laws are robust enough to hand out the kind of retribution that is deserved in these cases. We I mean, need a fucking guillotine. I mean, we're talking, I mean, <laughs> what, what we're specifically talking about here, though, is 
an army commanded by the president of the United States to overturn the election by physically seizing the United States Congress and coercing the members of Congress into overturning the election. That was the point. It, the point was to terrorize people like Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, Mike Pence, irrespective of party. They didn't care. They wanted Donald Trump re-elected president. This was about overturning an election. And I think sometimes that gets lost in the mix here. And it deserves harsher punishment. It deserves more of our national scorn, not just for the people who did it, but the people who ordered them to do it, the people who led them down like sheep to the Capitol building in order to do it. That, yeah. that, those were the stakes of that, that whole thing. So, right, but the stakes of, of, of holding people accountable uh, is way too high for the Republican Party, yeah. which is why they're engaged in the second big lie, that, right. the, that it did, either didn't happen or it was a deep state thing. So, it, you know, think about the um, breathtaking cynicism mm. of that. Uh, Donald Trump tried to get Mike Pence murdered, yeah. and he set him up. Mm-hmm. He yep. set him up. Yep. And the whole Republican Party, including Mike Pence, is like, eh, it's all right. I, I wonder if there's a case for an attempted assassination. I, I mean, I don't know. That's, it seems like a stretch looking at it because I don't know if you can be indicted, arrested for ordering people to go do something that eventually led to an attempt to kill the vice president. And he yeah. wasn't, ultimately he wasn't killed. He wasn't harmed. So I don't know. But it seems like mm, there, there needs to be something more. And I don't want to get authoritarian about this. That's what we don't want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like, wow, the last five years have been all about exposing these gigantic loopholes in the American system. Just gaping mm-hmm. holes in the wall that Donald Trump sashayed through every chance he got. His supporters crawled right on through behind him. And uh, these are holes that need to be fixed. I've been talking about this since before the inauguration, since before all of that went down. There needs to be a series of, uh, of presidential reforms, an entire slate. It's difficult to do that, obviously, with the way the Senate is right now. But it, it needs to go beyond just simple legislation. These needs to be reforms that are constitutional amendments. I mean, they need to be mm-hmm. you know, carved in marble into the founding documents of this country. That's how dire it is and how important it is. So Mary, one last question for you before we wrap up here and move over to the post-war show. Is there anything that you're seeing on the horizon that is actually positive? Is there anything that uh, we can kind of you know, use to retain some level of hope? <laughs> I, you know the reason I asked this question. That sounds is, like a no. Thanks, folks. Have a nice weekend. Uh, you know, I, I only asked this question because uh, John Fugelsang has asked me the same question two weeks in a row, and I, I'm like, I don't know. And uh, well, so. it's very hopeful that there is going to be a January that there is a January sixth uh, special commission committee. Yeah, and, committee, yeah it's sorry, committee. committee. Yeah. And that Nancy Pelosi is being her badass self. Yeah. Um, because even though the media are once again falling down on the job and pretending that this is partisan and that this is somehow a win for Republicans, um, the truth <laughs> of the matter is it doesn't matter how it's uh, portrayed. Mm-hmm. Stuff's coming out. Yeah. And it is 
going to open people's eyes. It's going to make a very clear case. And it is not going to be undermined by the Clown Caucus, as mm -hmm. you call them, because they're not being allowed anywhere near this. Yeah. So, you know, they can spout off all they want, but they're not involved in the process. Other Republicans like Cheney and Kinziger will be. So what? I think I think that's that's really important. Will your uncle be under indictment one year from right now? Um, I think so. And, you know, we can't forget about uh, all of the lawsuits mm -hmm. um, as well. So Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, but also E. Jean Carroll. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a, like a multi-level marketing lawsuit that um, Robbie Kaplan, who's also my lawyer, is doing. Mm -hmm. Plus, there's my lawsuit. So there is a lot that's happened. I know those are civil, but those can take a toll uh, on him financially and reputationally. Yeah, yeah. Um so especially against the backdrop of all the criminal cases that are going mm -hmm. on. So I I am hopeful about that as well. Well, you know, that's uh that's good to hear and I you know, I am looking for whatever, uh, anything yeah. to uh to to get us through and, and and to feel as though there has been some sort of comeuppance for all of the horse shit that we have uh, collectively experienced over this past uh, certainly over the past year, but certainly going back even five years from, uh, from five years ago. So, uh, oh, man. So thank you again, Mary, for coming back on the show. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. Do you want to stick around for the postmortem show or do you have to uh, do you have to bail out? Oh, no, I'd love to, love to stick around. Okay. Yay. Awesome. Yay. 15. Yeah, we got 15 more minutes of show coming on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. And Mary's sticking around, so don't miss out. FOMO is real. Uh, that's, uh, once again, bobseskashow.com will get you there. Also, patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Sign up for $5 a month, and you get two postmortem shows every week after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show. We keep on talking. People who are just listening to the free show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or uh, Spotify, you're missing like 15 more minutes of show coming up, so don't miss out. Have I laid on the guilt enough? I think I have. I think I'm going to shut up now about all that. It's We're incentive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. We're going to talk about uh, maybe a little bit uh, about Eric Clapton here in a second. Uh, Red Hat. Oh, God, no. Let's talk about nerd stuff. <laughs> well, Red Hat cancel culture also. We're going to talk about that. And, right, right, right. Uh, and Brinksmanship with the debt ceiling again. We're going to mention that for just a, a second because that's, that's all happening again. <laughs> that's all happening again. The Republicans are uh, going bananas and they're going to hold the, uh, the country hostage using the debt ceiling. Oh, boy. Fun. Lots of fun around the, <laughs> around the corner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see what else here. Oh, by the way, you can support uh, David Ferguson's band, his uh, music project. It's called Astral Summer. You can support them at astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Any new singles coming up, David? No, uh, other Dave is uh, up in New York City right now, so we're kind of oh. on summer break. I've got some stuff I'm working on uh, that I'll be have ready for him when he gets back. So uh, expect something in August. Looking forward to that. Meantime, Patreon.com/slash From the Bunker to support Jody Hamilton's show. Uh, anything else happening in your world, Jody, that we should know about at this point? Plug away. Plug away. Uh, oh no, nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as I said, postmortem show coming up next. Uh, Patreon.com slash Bob Show. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.